see, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about a boogie woogie, and I'm going to play one. This is Better Off Dad with Paul and Steve, just trying to figure out how to do the right thing when things are hard. <laughs> and um, I'm wearing a hoodie today, as you can tell, which reminds me, I'm going to get out my smartphone and turn down the temperature a little bit because the former president said we need to bring down the temperature, if you all remember <laughs> that from the news. Today, we're going to be talking about, it. it's weird, I don't normally start out sharing my screen but as you can see, we're going to be talking about 10 things that parents are concerned about. And we've got 14 already. So <laughs> 10 things we have 14. Because because what's the line about every self-respecting good trilogy has to have at least four volumes. Or That's right. Today is all about what has parents concerned. And we are nothing if not transparent. Um. <laughs> This came out of a conversation we were having, I believe, last Thursday, mm -hmm. where we were wondering, what's this show about? And we talk about that all the time. You guys don't know how often we talk about what stuff is about. <laughs> That's like 50% of our messages back and forth. What's the yeah. show about? What, what's what the show we, about? What we, what, what's it all about, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's it all about, really? <laughs> the, the key is, well, it's about you guys. That's who it's about. It's about the listener, uh, mm -hmm. all six of you. And the reason it's about you is because uh, that's what keeps us coming back. Now, obviously, we will talk no matter what, but we want to know. <laughs> so so we were like, well, what, what is it really? While we're dads, it's better off dad. It's parenting when things are hard, trying to do the mm -hmm. right thing. But what are those things? So we did a little brainstorming exercise, speaking of work. <laughs> By the way, I'm wearing this hoodie to cover up my, I'm wearing my work shirt. And I've decided that, you know, in case we get famous, I don't want to get doxxed and <laughs> have my company suffer the consequences of my loose lips. I don't want my company's ship to be sunk by my loose lips. Right, right. You know. Well, I'm I'm wearing my, my official Death Cryptopia t-shirt, so. Yeah. Uh, nothing Just can sink that ship. That's right. <laughs> it's it's unsinkable, like the Titanic. <laughs> the unsinkable Molly Brown. Well, this is the unsinkable Death Cryptopia. <laughs> um, the very first one. So what we're going to do today is we're going to we're going to talk through these, and if we, you know, whichever ones seem to resonate with us, we're going to do whole shows about each one. So don't worry, we're not doing a, we're not doing fourteen shows today. No, no. Um, we're just going to talk through these and see which ones sort of resonate and sort of make a plan. If it to... resonates with anybody listening too, they just let us know because we might skip over one that because in our own effort to find out what, what we want to do, we might be missing something that we didn't realize. 
Yeah, and I'll put all these, including any notes I take while we're talking into, this is starting to feel like work. Like <laughs> there's an agenda. I'm going to be taking notes. I'm going to publish the notes in the show notes. I'll publish our <laughs> meeting minutes in the show notes. Can you hear me, by the way? You, Am I coming can, through okay? Can you see me? Yes. <clears throat> can you see me? <laughs> is this thing on? <laughs> All right. The first one actually, <laughs> interestingly enough, comes to us from a listener. I actually got uh, from my brother last week. He sent me a text. Um, he liked the show. He's still laughing about <laughs> your, you can hang that in your ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I said, you can, you can thank my dad for that one. He's, he's full of gems. This is the third episode, by the way, if you missed episode two, go back and listen. It'll have you <laughs> laughing. <laughs> I think it was about the, uh, being available for work. Yeah. And you're not that, scheduled. That <laughs> flexible work schedule BS. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, so the first one actually did come from my brother. He, he said, here's an idea. He says, how many diapers do you think our dads changed? <laughs> you know, and, and just take all dads combined between the years of, I don't know, 19, whatever, and mm -hmm. 19, you know, 75. Yeah. I'm thinking <laughs> three. Yeah. He's like the total number of diapers they changed compared to the total number of diapers we've changed. <laughs> I remember when you, uh, before your oldest was born, you're like, we're talking and you're like, how many, how many diapers do you change in a day? I'm like, oh, for a newborn, I'll probably about 12, 15. You're like 12 to 15. I'm like all they do is poop and sleep and eat, dude. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to figure out how many diapers to buy to be ready. Oh. Like, oh, <laughs> and the internet wasn't as good back then as it is now. Like you could just type in Google, how many diapers do I need to buy? Mm. <clears throat> and it would be there. But so Google for us, Google was phone a friend, ask your friend who had yeah. a baby. So I did that. <laughs> the other thing, uh, speaking of friends, a friend of mine gave me a book um, uh, called be prepared. And mm -hmm. it was written for dads mm -hmm. to get ready uh, for their firstborn, mm -hmm. and it was written in the style of like a Boy Scout handbook. Oh yeah, a, yeah, a survival guide. You know, I think I've heard of that one. Have you? And it was have, awesome. Have you ever? <laughs> uh, did I ever send you a copy? Granted, I mean that was so long ago, but there was a really good one. It's the only baby book you'll ever need, but it's called "She's Having a Baby and I'm Having a Nervous Breakdown." It, I have not. Why don't you send me a link to it? I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> All I right. personally, I probably don't need it myself. Well, not not at the moment, but, no. But yeah. it was it's highly entertaining. So we get so we're in the hospital. Mm -hmm. um, Eli's born, mm -hmm. um, and the you know my wife's in the you know, laid up. <laughs> been, as as one would be, she'd been doing something. Um, <laughs> something that's a word. She for. she was behaving as though she was tired, and. Uh, <laughs> So my son needs a diaper change, right? So I'm like, all right. And the nurse is like, you want me to do that? I go, no, nah, I got it. So, you know, they had a stack of diapers next to that little, you know, looks like, um, you know, those carts in the grocery store that they use when they're doing the shopping for you. you when you order it online, have you seen them yes. pushing those things around? Yes, yes. Or, oh, the AV cart from grade school. Oh. That's what it <laughs> The AV cart that's got the projector on it and stuff. Only yeah. take the projector off and put a little, you know, 
a Lexan, like plexiglass uh, box on it. Mm -hmm. Kids laying in that, right? So I'm like, I got this. So they got this big stack of diapers next to it or whatever and some cream and whatever. All the all the accoutrement, you know, all the mm -hmm. tools of the trade, as it were. So I walk up. I do the whole, you know, three-finger like you know where you, the, the, see the ankle yep. you got the index finger here so the ankles don't bounce up against each other you get, and then you it's almost the two like, legs yep got them up yep. like this i'm like shh, shh, diaper off i got wipe 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 get the cream stuff you know put that on there oh the well you put the diaper under you put the clean diaper under before you take the old diaper off take mm -hmm. the old diaper off get the stuff now the clean diaper is already there get it all done there kiss on the forehead you know I, I, the only thing i didn't do was the thing the guy from uh, uh christmas story when he got the flat tire it didn't go time me yeah oh man so i got it done and the nurse is like oh cool this isn't your first diaper i can see and i go as a matter of fact that was my first diaper change <laughs> i had never done it before in my life but swear to god i was not joking with this nurse and uh she didn't know me well enough to not believe me. So she was like, <laughs> oh, my God. And I go, no, that was my first diaper. She's like, well, how did you, how, what? That was your, I, I go, I read a book. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, after that, it was like thousands, thousands yeah. upon thousands of diapers. And you're the, right. If, if you counted them, man, it would be, especially with them with multiple kids. Oh, and then you get, you get the clean diaper up under there. You get the dirty diaper off, and they immediately pee into the clean diaper. Yeah, well, at least it, you know, didn't hit your floor or your By couch my or well, wherever. <laughs> that time, <laughs> dude would have dude would have explosive diarrhea. Dude would oh, be yeah, like, yeah. I'd be like, he'd be up on the dining room. This is when we lived in Chicago. He'd be up on the dining room table. I'd have him situated up on the dining room table. There's a china cabinet behind me. I, you know, I get the. You know, I love this move. Yeah, this it's this hard, was in the book. Do now at our age, it's like this yeah, was in the book with a diagram, and it was like you know I don't know get two sausages or you know a couple of if you got <laughs> you know a couple of hammers or something to you know practice that move. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But uh, I'd get them all situated, get the dirty one off, turn to get my cream, and explosive diarrhea would just shoot over my shoulder, right <laughs> hit the wall behind me, and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Craziness. I Insane. had a. I, I think. I probably changed diapers off and on for about 15 years mm. and like never once, never once had an accident, never once got hit. Really? Now my ex-wife on the other hand, didn't understand that you don't point a loaded gun at your head <laughs> <laughs> and it, it happened more, more times than I care to count. But I don't understand how you never had that. That's amazing. You should I had a book. I well, my mother keeps telling me to. I'm like, but that's gonna drudge up a lot of pain. So I don't know if I want to go there yet. So we <laughs> promised we wouldn't do a whole show on each one of these. That, that's that's just one. So yeah. if right, if we on. do a show, you can tell we got a lot of stories. We'll probably retell uh, yeah, yeah. the stories we've told so far. But it, yeah, that one's really more about um you know, there's two adults in the house. Yeah. Uh, in a lot of cases. When there's only one adult, obviously that adult has to do all the work, right? But when there are two adults, there's no reason for just one of the two adults to be doing all the work just because of the genitalia they were born with or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. um, somehow our our dads were of the impression that that was woman's work. 
Our and, dads uh, also stood outside smoking cigars while the baby, the, the 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 mom was in the room doing all the work. My dad was at a bar. <laughs> my I remember when when my when my little brother was born, my the youngest in the family was born. I rem, I distinctly remember sitting in the station wagon in the parking lot of the hospital with my dad and the rest of us. Like I, looking back, I'm like, so are we just gonna like roll up? after the baby roll up to the cold sack <laughs> pick her up and come home just like you know? a slow roll they could toss it in the window <laughs> yeah all right so <laughs> that's what that one will be about um <laughs> yeah. the next one i thought about is another thing now this is this is getting a little older <laughs> mm. older that they're probably out of diapers by this time that's the um the next three actually kind of are are triangulating around the same topic it's online relationships screen time slash phones mm -hmm. and social media. Now, all three of those kind of point at similar anxieties right, yeah. that parents yeah. have. Yes. Um, and it probably starts with the screen time and the phones. People are, I think, so, so interestingly, we didn't know how to think about it <laughs> because there weren't phones when we were little. Right, there weren't right. phones when we were young adults. There weren't phones when our kid was were babies. There weren't, I mean, the phones came out about three years before kids our age started getting them. Right? Yes. Um, 2008, the iPhone, 2007, I think it was the iPhone came out, um, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, the first iPhone. And so it took a few generations of iPhone before, you know, they really, and then other companies started making smartphones and stuff. Mm -hmm. But when our kids started, our oldest started coming to the point where they were starting to socialize and everything, everybody had a phone, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody was on a group chat. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't think he needs to be on a group chat. <laughs> you know, it's like, he, do school at school, and then there needs to be an escape when you come home. This, this is my rationale, right? Mm -hmm. As you'll hear soon, it, my mind got changed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my I, thing was, do school at school, whatever stress is going on there with relationships and all that stuff, you get to leave that at school. Right. And then when you come home, you get a break from it all. Right. right. That was my rationale. It was explained to me very clearly that <laughs> if you are going to form relationships and socialize, mm -hmm. you have to do it in the way that it's done. And yes. And yes. here's the advantage that my, wife had that I didn't have. When she was a kid, she lived close to a lot of her friends or a lot mm -hmm. of the people that she went to school with. So mm -hmm. after school, they didn't put her on a bus and ship her out to the middle of Springfield fucking nowhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> she got she walked home with her friends and then we're like, hey, let's what are you doing? We're going to the park. We're doing this. We're doing that. She was involved in all yep. those after school relationships. Whereas we were cut off from any yep relationships and so we would wonder why when we get to school why are we not in on anything right you know i never thought about that until just now but yeah oh uh, that's we, why we're here man <laughs> we're here to bring new ideas <laughs> i i've always had this weird disconnect with like that well i've always had this weird disconnect with the bulk of generation x that i always hear mm -hmm. about because we did this and we did that and i'm not talking about the plane and the you know you know, surviving in the woods and stuff 
and or, or watching these TV shows where all this stuff is going on, and I'm thinking, what? It wasn't like that for me. What the hell? Yeah. And then when you, yeah, we were absolutely just chunk cut off because we were clear the hell out in BFE. Now, this well, was before, like what I'm talking about now is even before smartphones and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just texting at that time. When mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, of course, we didn't. People are like, well, you didn't have texting. Were you? No, we were out in farm country and we you had each other. And that was man. enough. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. why, that's why I hung out at your house every chance I could <laughs> just to get out of my house. <laughs> now, to be clear, there were kids in our neighborhood and they were yeah. crazy. So. Monsters. Imagine, <laughs> imagine an entire an entire neighborhood of Scott Farkas's. <laughs> you go. How's that possible? In a world of in a neighborhood of Scott Farkas's, we were Ralphie. Be a Ralphie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my kids! That a Christmas story. Maybe we'll do a whole Christmas story episode. But my kids are like, didn't you grow up in the forties? I was like, yep, I sure did. Yeah. I thought I grew up in the 70s until I saw a Christmas story and I was like, oh, I can relate to so much in that show. I don't know why all the cars, cars are like old looking, but I can totally. That's exactly like my childhood. Yeah. When was this movie supposed to be set? And somebody's like the 40s. And yeah. I'm like, that explains everything. <laughs> yeah. When you consider the age of our parents and where they came from, it makes yeah. total sense that they we would just continually, you know, be... <laughs> watching christmas store like you said and going oh yeah yeah because you know my dad has that truck and my uncle has that car and <laughs> you know <laughs> and big bigsby's or whatever you know department store downtown <laughs> all right uh so the so the reason i bring up that it was text at that time uh, mm-hmm. that we were talking is social media hadn't really taken off and all that mm-hmm. and i suppose it would have been maybe or could have been a different conversation it had social media been around um now we didn't allow our kids to do Instagram and all that stuff until they were older. Yeah. Um, but once they got on it, I was still like, is it the right thing to do? Is it good? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? And man, like everything else, uh, anything that can be used for good can be used for evil. Right. Uh, Yes. So it's not that social media is good or bad. It's how do you interact with it? And, and what sorts of guardrails do you have? Right. That's what that's about. And online relationships, I got into this sort of, I call it a discussion. It might have sounded like a debate, but I don't like debating people at loud bars with live bands. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the dude, we were just talking about kids and phones and all that stuff. He's like, oh, it's 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 terrible. It's awful. I was like, no, man, during the lockdowns and the pandemic, if it weren't for the technology and social media and stuff, I don't know, man. I was just thankful for it. Um, Yeah. My kids develop relationships with people from other states and other countries and Mm -hmm. great, deep, fulfilling relationships. And I I actually talked, I talked about my son. I I talked about this with my son and he brought up points I hadn't even thought of because of course he did. (laughs) Of course he did. Of course he did. (laughs) You know, I, I, um, I've always been taught, you know, that, (laughs) Communication is eighty percent is eighty percent nonverbal, right? Mm-hmm. So if all you're getting is a voice or all you're getting is written word or whatever, um, you're not getting the full communication. How can you develop relationships without that? And that's what this guy's point was at the bar. You can't develop a relationship because it's different than being in person. And uh, 
I knew I'm, I'm, I'm he was guessing full of that's shit. the same kind of person that you know. He's the same kind of guy that you know insisted he couldn't wait to go back to the office. You know. Oh right, right. <laughs> we got to be at the office. Got to be face to face. He probably also doesn't use self checkout. I'm guessing. Probably complains <laughs> about it. <laughs> well, that's a whole other show. Oh, let me write that down. Self checkout. <laughs> self checkout. Um. Anyway, that could be a whole show. I could tell you all about the online relationships that my kids have developed and why, by the way, like I'm I'm convinced that everything that I think is true, I'm just going to start assuming the opposite is true. Mm. Because because once you do that, like like let's go uh, 80% of non- uh, communication is nonverbal. You know, it's body language, it's voice mm-hmm. intonation, it's uh, mm-hmm. facial expressions, it's whatever, right? Oh, that makes sense. You know, I get that. You know, I could tell what somebody's thinking just by looking at them, right? Right. What if we assume the opposite is true? What if we're <laughs> like, no, that's really kind of bullshit. Because just because somebody's slouching in their chair doesn't mean you can infer anything from that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they're just tired that day. Right. <laughs> you know, maybe right. they're really enthusiastic about this project you're working on, but right. they're they just I don't know had a flat tire. And so their back hurts (laughs) Mm -hmm. or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Or if you ever read the letters between John Adams and like any of these old dudes, you know, that used to wear pantyhose back in the day, um, their letters to each other, like, like, like he would spend years in France, you know, as what other, you know, like Ben, the playa Franklin. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And all they had were letters, letters that would take weeks. To yeah. get to the person, right? Yep. And they would form these deep, intimate relationships that historians study. Yep. But now boomers suddenly feel like, oh, no, you can't do that. You got to be in. Right. Look, yeah. Benjamin Franklin, you can't develop a deep relationship with Sally, whoever. You know, yeah. you got to be. Anyway, that'd be. Well, the three things. One, the, the boomers that complain that uh, kids today spend too much time on their phones were the same people that plopped us in front of the TV. Yeah, <laughs> you know, for endless hours. Two, the thing about these online relationships, whether they're romantical or just friend friendical, is any any kind of relationship that like uh, you know someone can develop with somebody at a, at a younger age. Like I didn't let my kids do it till they were in the double digits, and I'm talking the high double digits. Um, if they meet somebody from somewhere else. That's showing them that the world is bigger than the town they grew up that they're growing up in. Absolutely. And it's the same, it's kind of like leaving the it's almost like leaving the nest and going into another town, you know, which is always something that people should do. It's the same, it's 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 virtually <laughs> so there, virtually the same thing. And it just expands the world. It's like when 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 I chat when, when I do FaceTime with Michael in Sweden. It, it it makes it makes that distance. It, it, it shows you how big the world is and how small it is at the same time. And if a kid can learn that, kid meaning older kid, but if a kid can learn that, it's gonna help them in the future. So yeah. Think think globally more more globally than anything. And third thing, remember when you messaged me because you you sent me a email or something when. You find out Constance was pregnant, and I told you this goes to your. Oh uh, man, Constance is pregnant, dude! (laughs) 
<laughs> Spoiler. She hasn't told me yet. Oh my uh, God. She told uh, you, but she didn't tell act, me. Act surprised. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, no. I will. It won't be acting. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, no, say. Um, no, you, you, you told me that she was pregnant. I'm like, hey, congratulations. You're about to learn. You know absolutely nothing. So we're all, it's, it's a learning experience for sure. True words. <laughs> That'll be a good episode. Um, and, I, and I have tips and tricks because people go, well, but how do we keep them safe? I, yeah. I have ideas. They've worked yeah. so far. Not They're not 100%, but so far so good. Um, so then we got... Uh, see how... See, these episodes practically write themselves. Yeah. Like we're having yeah. trouble not going off and making it each one an episode, right? We have we have decades of experience. Yeah, we do. Between us that we can share. Yeah, we do. The good, the bad, the ugly. <laughs> the next one I had on my list was bullying. Um I, I'm very concerned about bullying. I'm sure yeah. a lot of parents are. Mm-hmm. You know, we I think we start out, at least I started out thinking, okay no way are my kids going to be the bully and I will be able to detect if they are and I will put a stop to it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. The And then I figured the best way to do that was to teach them to be the helper, like right. to watch out for other kids, you know, the strong protect the weak, right? Yeah, you, you've talked about that a lot back in the, the, day, the don't panic days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was so fast forward. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't realize or I didn't consider that my kids might be the ones getting bullied. So teaching my kid, because I got bullied, and I was like, I ain't gonna, I'm gonna teach them what I learned, and then it's gonna help them not get bullied. It's like it, it, nope. <laughs> ba- it, it boggles my mind, baffles me, and all the other B words that your gigantic self got bullied ever in school. <laughs> I just remember we had this. I think we might have talked about this on Dope Panic. Like I just remember it just kind of suddenly stopped. Like, <laughs> Somewhere like midway through eighth grade or maybe ninth grade. And I yeah. never knew why until somebody, I think it was you, pointed out, you got big. Like, yeah, yeah. you just, <laughs> you, you know, you went from being like, what, 5'10-ish, maybe, yep. uh, you know, 140 pounds or something. I think I wrestled mm-hmm. in the 145-pound weight class in mm-hmm. in uh, seventh grade, part of eighth grade. To be in like six two and two hundred and fifteen pounds, like within a couple of years, all that it's corn like, kicked in, man. <laughs> I don't care how meat-headed a bully is; they're not completely stupid, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, guns. Uh, this one I thought of obvious for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> an incident at the Kentucky State Fair recently, and my wife and son were there. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had to, you know lay down on the floor for a while in the, you know, where the, you know, with the gum wrappers and the pieces of popcorn and spilled soda and and whatever. God only knows what else. It was like, it reminded me of Elaine in that episode of Seinfeld when they're trying to get around the Puerto Rican parade (laughs) and she went under the bleachers. Yeah. By the time they got out her hair, just had popcorn and wrappers and everything in it. Yes. It was funny. To me, to me, man, the whole gun situation is, is essentially like a it's 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 right up there with COVID, because anymore, like everybody knows somebody that was directly affected by this yeah, right. kind of nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Well, I 
the solution to me is obvious. It's always been obvious. If you have a problem with people having guns where they shouldn't have guns and potentially using them, the obvious solution to me is to make it easier for more people to get guns. That, I mean, isn't that the thing that occurs to you? Is like, oh, too many <laughs> yes, guns out there, too many people with guns. Like, it's hard to control, like, who might do something crazy with it, right? Because you can't, there's no accounting for taste, right? You can't figure out, like, who's going to be the bad guy who's not. There's absolutely no way to tell who might have a mental uh, health problem or who might be mad at their wife or who might, you know, mm. who might be, a, you know, extremist whatever there's absolutely no way to tell so the best thing to do would be just give guns to everybody like, i think. you know just just hand them out do do like drugs for gun guns for drugs, drugs. guns for drugs you bring us a, hey you solve two problems at once you get the you get the drugs <laughs> off the street and you get more guns on the street there you go hey win win hey, win man. win win <laughs> we're, um, we're just knocking them out of the park Obviously, yeah, and and obviously bigotry, racism, violence against uh, people of color, yes, um, indigenous people, uh, violence against you know LGBTQ, violence against uh, marginalized groups. Let's just say mm -hmm. that worries me because of the way it's being stoked by the alt right media and the click you know, the clickbait media and all that just yeah. keeps stoking those flames. And every time the temperature comes down a little bit, like somebody comes up with some other reason you need to be afraid of the marginalized group, you yeah. know, and it just, it, you know, there, it doesn't take, a, I'm, it's not like, I think like 90% of my neighbors are going to get pitchforks and come after us. Right. It doesn't take 90% of my neighbors. It takes one crazy with an AR 15, right. Mm -hmm. Or, or a uh, 22. Or a Saturday night special, you know, it doesn't take much, right? So that's why you got to give them all the crazies. But I have thought, you know, if if only the crazy white right wing nut jobs have guns, then the good guys don't have any guns, right? It's like, <laughs> should I at least go to the range and learn how to shoot one? You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's. It's, I've always thought that was kind of funny. Oh no, you got to be highly trained. You got to go to the range. You got to practice. I practice. Blah blah blah. It's practice. It's like, dude, I know what's in the point, okay? And I know that it's not just as simple as I can just pick one up and shoot it. But it can't be that hard. I, I shot Carl's a couple times, and it was not hard. It was just like, no. that's the safety. That's the trigger. That's the end <laughs> where the boom comes out of. I'm like, yeah. cool. And now, and the reason I know that the it's complicated is all bullshit is whenever you see a picture of an amateur with a gun, right? Mm -hmm. All you get from the right wing gun nuts is trigger discipline. They're like, look how they're holding it. They're not exercising trigger discipline. Or if they are, like when now, uh, what's his name? Kyle Crybaby. Yeah, Kyle Crybaby. Yeah. Rittenhouse. Like, look at his trigger discipline. See, he knows how to use a gun. I'm like, so all I got to do to convince a right wing gun nut that I know what I'm doing is stick my finger out over the trigger guard yep. like this. Yep. Yeah. And because they don't have anything else, right? They don't talk about their other hand. They don't talk oh, about they'll figure where something it's else out. Like, oh, look, he didn't mean violence because he didn't have his finger in the right position. It's like that what's her name? The, uh, <laughs> McCloskey with her yeah. gun. You know, she's got her hand <laughs> on her hip. She's got her, yeah. she's got her uh, capri pants and uh, barefoot. And she's just like, 
and no trigger discipline whatsoever. And she's got yes. that little, it looked like a lighter that she was pointing. Yeah, I had one of those. I, I had a little gun lighter. Anyway. You know, the the thing about that, the, those people are basically just what, what we used to call armchair quarterbacks. They yeah. know everything. Just ask them. They'll tell you. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I'm concerned about bigotry and racism and all that. Um, my, my, you know, my, my oldest is going to leave Indiana as soon as he can. And it's not because he hates his parents. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was the thing back in the day. Like, I'm getting out of this place. Yeah. You know. I can't do anything. Uh, like I'm getting out of here. Yeah. Leading a fulfilling life while making a living. We've been talking about this one, too, because it's like, where's that balance between do what you love and pay the bills? Right. We live in a country that thinks that, you know, oh, living just... requires, you know, <laughs> you, requires money. You, you're not allowed to live unless you got money. Right. I had a conversation just the other night. I was talking about the new tales of the mysterious traveler available wherever you find your podcasts. <laughs> um, I was talking about that. I I've gotten a pretty, what, what I feel is a pretty decent amount of success with the show. And the first thing out of this dude's mouth was making any money at it. It's not all about money, man. <laughs> what we were taught when we were growing up, we were taught it was all about money. Yep. Yep. And, do, what, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life, which is bullshit. Well, it is. Yeah. Do. Yeah. We could talk about that one. That's that's not <laughs> that that could be like most of the episode could be about that. <laughs> yeah. But because um, Seth Godin, I like Seth Godin's take on that because he he basically he's a business writer, um, author, podcaster. And I always feel like I have to explain to people who he is, even though he's got like millions of followers. And as dopey as our show gets, um, I'm pretty sure that most of the people who listen to our show know who he is, too. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, OK, good. I don't think I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I'm not talking about the comedic actor, Seth Rogen, I'm <laughs> Joe Rogan's brother. I'm talking about <laughs> anyway, he, he's he's a, he has great points on this. It's mm-hmm. not it's not that you have to hate what you do for a living. It's just that don't don't ruin your passion by thinking you have to make money at it. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we could go through my whole story on that episode too. Um I, I stopped short of saying it that attitude ruined my life, but mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it it certainly didn't help it much. Um yeah. And and I posted I posted on Facebook recently the thing about being a musician. I said, you know, my youngest is the age I was when I wanted to be a musician. Uh, when I knew that's what I wanted to do with my life is to be a musician. Mm-hmm. And then my oldest is the age I was uh, when by by that time I had been talked out of it, both by the people around me and myself. <laughs> and it got likes and it got like reactions that led mm-hmm. me to believe people took the opposite point to what I meant. <laughs> mm. Well, there's an episode. <laughs> it is an episode. <laughs> um, I mean, it may not have been musician. Who knows? Maybe it would have been, it would not have been chemical engineer. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, which I, wow, this leads right into education versus training, mm. <laughs> which that would be a whole episode about schools and how schools are run and, from the from an academic point of view by the by the way coincidentally uh, bringing that up today when we're recording this 
was is, is the anniversary of Ray Bradbury's birth. Ooh. And Bradbury's one of Bradbury's things was if we're just training technicians and not teaching them, the society is going to fall apart. Yeah. That's what that was the problem in uh, Fahrenheit 451 was the doctors and medics and stuff were just trained. They weren't taught. Yeah. So <laughs> that, Absolutely. That, man, but that man has been right about every damn thing. Number 10 is raising kids to be anti-racist. That kind of goes with number seven, I think. Mm-hmm. And maybe that would be in the same show. It's kind of like, okay, you're worried about it. What are you doing about it? Right. Number 11, dating with kids. And I realized after writing that, that that's a weird way to write that. <laughs> well, these were, you know, this was off the top of the head kind of things, you know. Unless you are a kid, do not date with kids. Dating when when you have kids. How's that? That's, that's one I don't understand at all. And you'll have to, you'll, that'll be your show. That'll be your episode to shine. <laughs> oh, we might lose that explicit. You know, we we might have to go label it explicit. But if I start talking, dating, yes, <laughs> who's crying? Nobody. We're just dating. <laughs> uh, I'll be crying later. Um, <laughs> I guess that yeah, goes with tricky. being a single parent a little bit. That's one of the aspects of being a single parent. Right? Yeah, the weird, weird weird aspect of having a, having a second life because second life yes if you if you don't you know you don't want to you don't want your kids to think you know you know like in my case you don't want your kids to think that wow i have a lot of ants you know yeah. course, you know you don't want that so you want to kind of keep it separate and it's kind of like you're sneaking out of the house all over again you know I've had I've had dates where, like, I would get a phone call and we'll just for we'll just call it mid date. I have to bring the kids home. <laughs> All right, <laughs> time to go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> dating yeah, when you dating <laughs> when your ex is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Number fifteen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, being a single parent, man, I'm I'm amazed. Anytime, like I have a day where I feel overwhelmed, I just go, "Well, Paul has to do this and doesn't have backup." So, the, it, you know, the the trick is, and I, I'm not even saying that I pull this trick off like ever, like hardly ever, but you, you need it's a, it's a cliche. You need a support group. Mm-hmm. If you can get a decent amount, you know, two or three people, and actually listen to them when they tell you. You know, don't don't do that Midwestern thing. Ooh, I don't want to bother anybody. You know, take take their help when they ask for it because they're not these people aren't volunteering it for nothing. Yeah, they 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 don't actually they actually mean it when they say it. Yeah, it's not the same, but it definitely helps. Keeping your own identity beyond being a parent. Yeah, that's the, basically not splitting, not not erasing who you are for who you've become. I'm looking forward to learning from you on that one. <laughs> Me too. Me too, brother. Me too. I still yeah. ain't got it all figured out. I'm only just now coming to terms with a lot of it. And yeah. like, almost like remembering, oh yeah, I used to do that. You know? Yeah. Once I, I get through I, the, the cloud of the whole 2020 thing, what did we do before 2020? Yeah. You know? Right, right. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's too, 
man, I, I used to do more before that. Mm-hmm. It's just the last few years, it's it's felt like maybe it's martyr syndrome or something, but it, it's just felt like it would be an indulgence that I can't afford to, to go off and do something that's just for me, you know? It's or because that, we've, it's my we've, trained, thing. we've trained ourselves to be 100% responsible yeah. and it's just like anything else break i'm not saying that's a bad habit but breaking a bad habit is damn near impossible yeah and that that's a good one because it leads directly into number 14 empty nest syndrome mm-hmm. um because oh there we go because if you have if you haven't maintained your own identity yes when your kids are gone you're like just sitting there like okay now what that's why a lot of that's why a lot of so-so marriages end in divorce once the kids leave the nest, because all your entire identity is parent. That's why you stick together, mm-hmm. parent. You don't, you know, you you maybe don't realize it at the time. Yeah, I've been I've been told this by several people who have gotten divorced after the 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 fledgling leaves the nest. Yeah, yeah, and it's not it's not really doing the kid any favor uh, by. Mm-hmm by losing your identity because they will feel responsible if yep. you're sitting at home sad, like I've lost myself. I don't know who I am because, you know, now that you're gone, like whenever you ask them how they're doing, it's like, you know, depressed. Yeah. Why? Cause I don't do any, what do you do during the day? I don't do anything. I go to work. I come home I do nothing. There's mm-hmm. no kids to take care of. There's anything. you left, you left me, mm-hmm. you abandoned me. Uh, why would you do that? You know, why would you leave me? I'm sorry. We're still doing a show. If you raise your kids to, to to feel empathy and to notice things and to be, you know, and, and to read a room, they will pick up on it and they will feel guilt about it, whether you are joking about it or not. Absolutely. It's one of the problems of raising your kids to be well off, smart, all that is that's what you raise. Yes. <laughs> Independent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny because you and I both love joking around, and one of our styles of joking around is to say something that to us is obviously not true, mm-hmm. right? And we expect mm-hmm. people know us well enough to know that we're joking. Yes, right? I've had to learn <laughs> over the years to rely less on that. That's and funny. And to somehow get across either, like, if I think it's worth it, if I think it's funny enough, I will figure out how to make sure they know I'm joking. Right? My uh, my therapist had told me that the thing about parenthood is like the one, the one thing we strive for is to prepare our kids to leave the nest. Yeah. And then when they start getting in that direction, we start freaking out because, you know, and, and it, it's because they're 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 a giant portion of our life. Yeah, you know, right. And they're part of us, not just DNA, but they're part of us in, in a lot of ways. And when that piece of you move, you know, leaves the leaves your general vicinity, there's a big hole. Yeah, it's still there, but it's not. You know. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna have to start training myself now because my son will be out of here in less than a year. I gotta train myself like you and I will talk about it. I'll talk about it with my wife, but I will not talk about it with him. 
<laughs> yeah. Even though I talk about a lot of stuff with him that's like you would go, well, why are you talking to your kid about that? I'm like, because he has great ideas and he has great thoughts and insights yeah. and stuff. So I'll be like, hey, I'm dealing with this at work. What do you think's going on? You know, but I will not be like, oh, you've left. Now there's a big hole. How yeah. do we? I will, however, make I will use Simone's joke as much as many times as I can where she's like, <laughs> so after he leaves, when he comes back to visit, do we have to clean the house like when other companies come in? <laughs> you know what the answer to that is? Yes, because here's what happened to me. You know, Arlo's been gone a year. Yeah. And I, she, the second time her and her boyfriend came up here to visit, it was basically unannounced. And I was taking a nap. So I got woke up from that whole, you know, that whole thing where you're, you're trying to figure out how the world works and you're trying to yeah. figure out how, where, which way does gravity go and that kind of thing. Multiple times well, a day for me. <laughs> well, they come walking in the door and I was like, my house was a wreck, dude. And they're like, well, we're going to, we're going to run down to Aldi and pick up some stuff for supper and whatnot. I'm like, all right, all right. They, but they wanted to stop in and drop their stuff off. And man, they walked out the door. I just looked at the other two and I'm like, all right, <laughs> we cleaned the house in like 20 minutes. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the answer is yes. Yes. You, you will have to. 100%. 100%. All right. The last one is figure out our Sunday night back to school groove. I think that's the, that's going to go in our school episode, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like what, what could the schools be doing to make it easier? Yeah. <laughs> Number one, um, don't start so early. Number two, get rid of homework. Number <laughs> yeah, the boomers are going to love those ideas. <laughs> They'll all be dead soon anyway. That's, so <laughs> That's what I've trained my kids. When they run into a crotchety person who who you just can't deal with, just they'll be dead soon. Don't worry. They're nothing to worry about. They'll be dead soon. So to recap, we've got, we just rattled through 15 ideas and added one mm -hmm. called self-checkouts. <laughs> if any of those resonated with you just to remind you changing diapers online relationships screen time social media bullying guns bigotry fulfilling life while making a living education versus training raising kids to be anti-racist dating when you have kids being a single parent keeping your own identity beyond being a parent empty nest syndrome and how in the heck are we going to get used to this new routine <laughs> of going to school in a weird schedule speaking of flexible schedules <laughs> when you're a senior apparently there is no set schedule you just kind of go come and go as you please yeah so yeah let us know shoot us a text uh whatever you know so just to give you context uh we love to hear from you mm -hmm. but we never ever uh, you know my brother sent me that text the other night. That's the first communication we've gotten from you guys in years. So mm. you want to be you want to be the cool kid? Send us something. Tell us what you yeah. think. Which of those post, topics resonates? Post post it in the uh, don't panic group. You know, post it yeah. on a comment. You know, make a comment somewhere. Hashtag thought the group would like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's our safe word. That's our safe word. <laughs> cacao all right we're not gonna do any better than that we no. are a safe word what else do we need <laughs> thanks for listening uh this has been better off dad with paul and steve 
trying to figure out how to do the right thing when things are hard and it shouldn't be this hard. <laughs> Thank you.